Hello, you're listening to Wolves Radio. I'm Gemma Frith and I'm joined by club commentator Mikey Burrows for a special new series of episodes with our worldwide Wolves supporters. Mikey, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Gemma. Um, as we always tend to say when we start these shows, uh, the sun is currently <laughs> shining. It, it might not be shining by the time this goes out because, let's face it, that's how the British weather works. But currently, <laughs> right now... It's absolutely lovely, and the season is getting closer and closer. Yeah, I have to say, we've actually had very good weather when we've done these recordings. It's been blue skies a lot of the time, I think, but uh, hopefully it stays that way now. But today, we are joined by somebody slightly closer to home than some of our other recordings. We're joined by Tony from Manchester Wolves. Thank you so much for joining us, Tony. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, even though I'm not in Manchester today. (laughs) But, uh, yes... I'm fine, thank you. Well, normally I would ask, how's the weather? What time is it where you are? But you've probably got very similar to weather to us in Wales at the moment. Is it lovely and sunny for you as well? Yeah, not, I'm looking out of the window here, not a cloud in the sky. It's beautiful. Ah, oh, brilliant. See, there is pressure on you, Tony, because normally on these episodes, me and Gemma have been trying to blag some free trips to go and visit different <laughs> kind of supporters clubs. And actually, you're the one that could actually make it happen in these COVID times. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, we were very, we're very lucky to have this lodge, and it's a it's a little escape retreat for us. And we do get across here as much as we can, and we're here now till Saturday. It's only an hour and a half from Manchester, so it's it's perfect commuting territory. Let's start this story right at the very beginning, Tony. How did you become a Wolves supporter? Well, that goes back to probably a long time ago, in the mid sixties. Um, my, my dad and my grandfather were huge Wolves supporters. I'm, I'm originally from Wolverhampton, from Wombourne, um, and my dad took me to my first game when it was six or seven, 1966-67, and we got in the enclosure, at the old enclosure at the Molyneux on Waterloo Street, and I've been a fan ever since. In the early days, I remember my dad taking us down for the last 10 or 15 minutes when they opened the gates in the South Bank. Um, <laughs> I don't think he could afford to take me full-time at, at those times, but... I graduated to be a proper fan, and I can remember the, the early recollections I can remember is the 1971-72 season when we uh, stopped Leeds doing the double at Molyneux when I was 12 years old, and also the UEFA Cup matches, and the one that stands out for me is the match with Juventus at Molyneux when uh, when we beat them 2-1. So they're very early recollections for me, and I've had a season ticket, and personally, and my, my family, for virtually every season apart from the one or two when, when there was no season tickets um, issued. So I've been a Wolves fan a long time. Yeah, well, I suppose, again, this is going to be quite unique in the sense that you, as a season ticket holder, get to actually come to most of the games. Um, obviously, that changed for you most recently with, with the pandemic. But as a whole, throughout history, have you been able to, to get to matches rather than having to sort of watch them, watch them in Manchester? Yes, I mean... It, it, it's cost me a lot of money, a lot of time. I've had to challenge myself on business commitments as the years have gone by. But yeah, I've probably missed three or four games, maybe five games a season mm-hmm. for 20 seasons. And they've been games like Brighton on a Sunday afternoon where it, it was on TV and you know what, from Manchester, I've got a business meeting the next day. I'm going to struggle with that one. But we made night games at Stevenage, night games at Crawley, night games at Crystal Palace went to two or three of the European games. So I've, I've done, done a bit, I think, and I've been to most of them, along with the kids and, and the family. 
Oh, that's so lovely. And you said about your your earliest memories there, um, but what are your favourite memories? Because there's so much more that that has happened since the since the early seventies as well, particularly in recent history as well. Do you have some favourite memories of, of watching Wolves? My three favourite memories. I've got some very sad ones, as you can imagine, but I've got some really good memories. The first one that springs to mind is the 1974 League Cup final when we beat Manchester City, and I went with my dad and we sat on the old benches at Wembley on the side. And I always remember there was about a minute or two minutes to go and we're looking at the programme and looking for the when the replay would be. And the replay was going to be at Stoke, the old Victoria ground at Stoke on the Wednesday night. And my dad said, oh, we can't go to that. I'm working nights. I said, we best scored a goal. And within a minute, King Johnny Richards put it in the net. So that was a fantastic memory. The, the next memory I got was in 1980 when Andy Gray scored. I'd, I'd be 20, 21 then, when Andy Gray scored the winning goal in the League Cup final. She's the last major trophy that we've won. That was another fantastic day as well. And I have to say, even though we had great success under Mick, I think Nuno winning the championship with the brand of football that we saw, the players, you know, players we couldn't believe, you know, Jota, Neves, people like that, fantastic footballers. And we absolutely walked that. And I knew after the second or third game, we played Hall away and Derby away, I knew we were going to be very, very close that season. So those are three fantastic memories for me. A couple going back a little bit and one one recently. That's that's absolutely incredible. They're a great selection of memories. Um, and as you said, it has been a bit of a rollercoaster. It's been ups as well as there have been downs. Um, but what a, what a period we're in now as Wolf supporters. Well, you talk about the ups and downs. That's kind of showed by Tony's picks going from 1980 <laughs> until 2018. Yeah. <laughs> There's a massive swathe of Wolves history in between. I'll gloss over some of that. We had spike, yeah. We had 20 years of nothing, didn't we? Yeah, 20 years of trying, I yes. think, is probably the best thing, isn't it? They were trying for a large period of that. Never quite actually made it. Very trying, Mikey. Very trying. <laughs> well, the Manchester Wolves Supporters Club uh, is one that you've started. But have there been a lot of Wolves supporters in Manchester for, for a long time as a, as a sort of city that's much closer to home than, than some? Yes. I mean, you might not think this, but there were quite a few number of uh, Wolves fans in Manchester. There's some dormant fans as well. I mean, I live very close to Brian Kidd. He's in the next road to me, just a city who's just recently retired. And I'm walking the dogs. We we quite often have a chat about it. And you'd be amazed how many people you see around, whether that's a supermarket, city centre, just going for a night out, watching the Wolves games occasionally in the pubs. You know, I've, I've noticed that, well, he's got a Wolves shirt on. So we've got 172 members, I think, now. But I know there's many, many more that we're trying to connect with and recruit. But yes, there's more than you think. They're not all City and United. There's a, there's a few Wolves in there as well. That's amazing. It's, it's a real a real mix. And and how far back does the Manchester Wolves supporters group go? 1977. Wow. And some of those guys are still still members today. And um, it, it, it encompasses areas such as Bolton and Bury and southern Manchester into Czechia. But no, 1977. And I think Phil's still got the original flag for Manchester Wolves. And when, when we used to do the parade around the pitch, he always gave me the old tattered Wolves flag which had a silk scarf on it and the, a Union Jack. He got the nice new one. And I always got the, the battered old uh, one from the 70s, which was quite nice. <laughs> vintage, vintage. Vintage, yes. <laughs> um, and of course, Phil, is he now a supporters? Uh, he's now running a supporters club somewhere else, isn't he? He's in Berlin. He lives in Berlin. He's lived in Berlin for many years. He comes over three or four times a year. 
when he comes over, he stays with his family in Manchester and he goes down on the train and we meet up and have a, have a beer and a, and a chat with a few other members as well. So, yeah, he's Berlin Wolves. Oh, lovely. So he's taken Manchester Wolves and, and established it in Berlin as well now. So there's a spreading the family even further, which, is, which is lovely. Absolutely, yes. And then how did you get involved with Manchester, the Manchester Wolves Supporters Club then? Did it restart more recently? Yes. I mean, I got talking to Alan Perrins of Worldwide Wolves and Phil said to me, he said, look, we need this rekindling. Have you got the time to do it? I said, well, not really, but let's have a go. We'll try and do it. And I got my daughter involved as a secretary. So yeah, I took it on board. And if I do anything in business or, or, or in personal life, if I do anything, I'm going to do it properly. So we decided to have a real bash at it. So we registered as an official supporters club. And we've got our own Twitter page now with 560 followers. We've got our Facebook page. And, you know, we're, we're well known in the community. We're all away season. Well, not all the family, the family. We're away season ticket holders as well. So we go through the vast majority of those games. So we've got to know a lot of people from the other branches and other people that have been followers for, for many, many years as well. I mean, you know, I've known a lot of these people for many, many years. And that's how we got it going. We thought it's, it's worthy of its own club. And that's what we did. Oh, absolutely. And so then on a match day, do you all sort of travel to the games together or is there some that sort of stay and, and watch it in pubs in Manchester? Is it is it a group outing for the day? Not not really. There has been group outings. There's about, from what I gathered, there's about 50 on average go to the uh, Wolves games from Manchester to the home games. A lot of those come down on the train. Um, I always come down in the car because I, I, I pick my son up on the way and, you know, that's what we do. But we always meet up, a lot, the vast majority of us, and I've got passes now for a number of them to go in the Worldwide Lounge. So we meet up with the other clubs on a Saturday in the, you know, in the Steve Ball stand there. And um, no, we, we do meet up. We have three or four meetups a year. Uh, we we work quite closely with the Yorkshire Wolves people. So no, we meet up, but we don't all come down on the train together. Going to the London games, you'll notice there's a lot more because we all seem to get on the the same train. We'd be on a 10:30 from. Manchester to Houston for 12.30, and then you'd find 30, 40, 50 wolf supporters in a couple of carriages, yeah. That's always quite fun. Yeah, that's amazing, being able to sort of travel travel on mass down to these games, and that's really lovely. And then reconnecting when you're in Wolverhampton as well, in, in Worldwide Wolves Lounge. Um, it's, it's quite good, Gemma, because you normally got City or United on those trains as well, and they always look and think, what, what are all these guys doing on the train? Wolves fans getting on. <laughs> we, we give them a bit of stick, as you can imagine. <laughs> marking your territory on that train you're That's, you're des- deserved on there as as they are <laughs> we do mark our territory yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then of course going from being able to attend all of the games to of course i mean a year and a half ago now that all came to an end um and hopefully you know after the last game of the season wolves manchester united um we had some fans back and hopefully th- this season coming we'll be able to even have full capacity which would be amazing if that goes ahead um but what have you what have you sort of been able to do in that period where you haven't been able to come to wolves you've lost that routine of, of being able to attend matches well, I think my wife's been quite pleased because I've not been spending a fortune on tickets and petrol and <laughs> dragging myself out in the family for hours and days and months. What we've tried to do, we've watched the games on TV, but what we've had, we've put a bit of a group of fans together, Wednesday Wolves, a guy called Jack Finch, who's on the Parliament. And we've had Zoom calls during the game. So there's been about 15 of us on a Zoom call watching the game at the same time. So we've had a bit of a pre-match and a bit of a pre-match banter after. So we've done that. It's been awful, to be fair, watching the, the TV. Mm. Watching the games, I, I mean, that, that game against Burnley when we were 
we don't talk about it too much. There is no way on earth that would have happened with a full Molyneux. That just would not have happened. We might have lost, but we wouldn't have lost like we did. So I think the, the energy of the crowd has impacted on certainly the Wolves. And I know it has other teams as well, but Molyneux is a hostile place. Molyneux is a place that the players um, respond to when there's a, a little bit of backing and atmosphere. So I think they've missed it as much as the fans. Oh, they totally have, yeah. And it'll be it'll be so nice to have fans back in, in large numbers uh, at the start of the season. It's it really, will. really exciting. And will you hopefully get down to, to the first games? Have you got your season tickets secured for the new season? Yeah, I, I sorted them out this week or last week. We sorted the away season tickets out this week as well. So, God willing, we'll all be going to Leicester. And hopefully VAR doesn't uh, interject this time, like the last couple of times. And then we're, we're ready for Nuno's return and, and Matt's return on the... Uh, the first home game against Tottenham. Tony mentions Matt. People might not realise your association to Matt Doherty. You looked after him and Ethan Ebanks Landell when they were young boys. When they were young boys at 18, 19, playing in the fourth division for Berry, third and fourth division for Berry. Kevin Blackwell was the manager. And, you know, I saw, I saw Matt come home at a lunchtime, absolutely shattered, could hardly walk after the training he'd been through. I remember Ethan Cobb that wouldn't start on our drive. It was a, you know, with all due respect, a banger. You know, so I, I've been there with these guys from the start. Oh, that's brilliant. And you've been able, able to see them grow at Wolves as well, which is so lovely. And obviously now move on to, to other things. But it'll be great to see Matt back on the pitch then at, at that Wolves-Tottenham game. It, it will. And I hope he, I hope not just Nuno gets a fantastic round of applause. I hope Matt does as well because... Matt was fantastic for Wolves. I mean, in that position, that right wing-back position, he scored goals, he made, he was involved in assists, he linked the play. I mean, the goal against Man City will always remain as my favourite. You know, the little one-two, and he put it in in the last minute. I know Matt was very proud of his goal at Wembley, which sadly was a, a day we don't want it, really want to talk about. But, um, yeah, Matt deserves a huge, huge round of applause. Yeah, well, it's the element, isn't it, of uh, a player in the modern era to spend a decade with Wolves. Because, you know, you go back to some of the players you watched. I know you were mentioning John Richards and the others earlier. It, it, felt, it was more natural then that those guys were around for a long time, whereas we've been through a long period where, you know, anyone who was good got taken away from us at a young age. Yeah. And then other players kind of came and went in, in quick succession because we never really had that stability for a long time. No, we didn't. And, and you know, we have to remember as well, Matt was with us in the third division. He was player of the season as a left back for us. And he graduated and improved and improved and improved. The thing I love about this as well, though, Jem, is if you notice, Tony refers to it as the third division. There's no there's no League One in, in Tony's <laughs> no, world. No, no, there's no League One. <laughs> First, second and third. Yeah, it's Division One, Two, Three and Four. Yes. Well, four is North and South still in your mind. <laughs> yeah, Third Division North and Third Division South. <laughs> I think that was just before my time, actually, Mikey, but, but most definitely the Third Division. But, but Matt, no, Matt, Matt deserves... Absolutely a fantastic round of applause. Up until kickoff, they'll get applause and backing from me. Come two o'clock, no, they'll get booed to high hell. <laughs> That's the right attitude. <laughs> that is the only attitude. I'm sure Matt and Nuno would expect no other. So what do you have in store over the coming months? Is that, is that first trip to Leicester going to be a, a big occasion? Yes. Um, well, my daughter's relocated with work. She's in Peterborough now, my youngest daughter. So she'll come up on the train from Peterborough for Leicester. The other three of us will come down in the car. 
And yeah, it's a three o'clock kickoff as well, which is amazing for the first game of the season. So we'll have great anticipation heading to Leicester for that first game for sure. Is there, is there a chance, I guess, kind of given what we've been through in the pandemic, Tony, you mentioned that there was 50 odd who would travel to these kind of games. Do you think that now there is a greater sense of community almost and, and that might change in the way that you guys travel to games and engage with each other when you're at the matches? I've, I've spoken to many of the, the Wolves members in Manchester and I haven't heard one person yet say they're not really looking forward to going back to the game, whether that's having a beer in Manchester at the train station before they go down, having that banter on the train, having the buzzer walking from the new station up, up to the Molyneux. You know, no, I don't think it is. I think it's been strengthened, if anything. And I know there's been talk about people falling out of love of the game. And I can understand with people as well, with the COVID and the pandemic, and they might feel, you know, a little vulnerable. But not to the people I spoke to. They cannot wait to get back. Because one of those things that stands out, isn't it? Because obviously we've spoken to a lot of fans who are a long way away from home. You know, there are guys in Australia who can't leave the country at the moment. And there are guys in America who've, who've been in a similar position. And uh, I wondered even kind of just the fact that, you know, you're only an hour or so at the M6. But still at times that kind of feeling of being away from home and, and away from from what feels like normality, still quite strong, even only up the road in Manchester. Yeah, really strong. I mean, that, that journey, as you know, you'll have done that many times. Sometimes you can sail through in an hour and a half. Other times, it's a nightmare. Roadworks on a night game, going back near Nutsford. I mean, I've, I know everyone, every diversion, every lane, every little back route I know. So, yeah, there's, what, one of the one nights, Mikey, that did it for me, do you remember when we played Wigan? And we lost 1-0 in the 90th minute. I think Buxton scored a header. And it was a real low point. And I was driving back that night and we got stuck near Nuts for two, for two and a half hours. And my daughter was asleep and my granddaughter was asleep in the car. And they woke up and says, is it really worth it, Dad? I said, of course it's worth it because one day, one day things will change. And they've changed. And who, I didn't expect it to happen so quickly. But they've changed. And a lot of people feel like that. So I think that the journey means nothing anymore. I just go on autopilot and I'm there. 96 mile it is from my house to um, to the Molyneux near West Park. So we'll do it, and I think, until I'll, I can't do it anymore or they, they carry me off in a box. Oh, that's so lovely. And it's, it's wonderful that you'll be able to have that, that routine back again of, of being able to, to travel to Molyneux and, and to have that, have that back in your life. Uh, you've, you've deserved it. And it's, it's, um, it's been a long time coming. Um, but yeah, it'll be a pleasure for us to have you back at Molyneux. We can't wait. We can't wait. We all can't wait. We're just anxious to get back there. I can't get over the, the apprehension. You read the forums sometimes and... Why are people so pessimistic? I mean, even last year, people talking about we're in a relegation battle. We're nowhere near a relegation battle. How many points? Was it 18 points, 17, 18 points clear of the bottom three? And yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> But you know as well as I do, Tony, that there is 
almost uh, uh, I've spoken about this before on our Wolves Weekly show that <laughs> there is almost an inherent na- natural pessimism because it has gone wrong so many times. <laughs> we talked about that lost period between 1980 and 2018 that I think that still holds true and and maybe you know you've been able to shake it because you know you've been away and you've lived in a different part of the country and you've seen that different element to it but you know that there is still we saw it in the Euros with England there are still people who would say like oh we're not going to beat the Germans we're not going to get past this we're not going to get past that that's part of I think being a football fan and and I think you probably know that don't you that 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 is the inherent inside feeling that we all get that constant worry that it's somehow somewhere it's gonna go wrong and now we've got good times we don't want them to end no I've always been a glass half full person as opposed to um, uh, a pessimist but you are, if you look at our team, I was talking about it the other day to a friend of mine. Look at our team. You know, we've got Cody, we've got Molly, we've got Traore, Octavio, we've got Neto, we've got Pedence, we've got Raul, we've got Morgan, who I've, I hope for. You know, and I'm sure I've, we've got Johnny, we've got Eight Nuri. These are very, very, very good players. They're not, with all due respect, some of those players that we had in the, the mid 90s and the early 2000s where, you know, that we're never going to go anywhere with those players. So, I'm really hopeful that we will strengthen. Yes, we'll lose one or two, but but doesn't everybody? Liverpool lost Coutinho. Liverpool lost Suarez. You know, Leicester have done very well out of selling the better players and replacing them with even better players. So I'm really hopeful. Has that changed as an element of your day-to-day life when you're in and around Manchester in the northwest? That, as you say, in the past, most people wouldn't probably know who most of the players were at Wolves. Whereas now, I you know you go online certainly and you see Man United fans who are there talking about our players and wanting to take our players, and we're battling to sign players with them, yes. which must be really different now. Yes. Obviously, I mentioned walking the dog with Ryan Kidd and walking the dog in the woods at the back of our house. And I know, obviously, lots of people. And I always get a little bit of stick down for being a Wolves fan in Manchester with all the United and City fans around. But, yeah, I regularly stop and talk to people. That was a good result for you. You've got some good players. I wish we had that Neves, that Jimenez is much better than Martial. You know, all of those type of things. Now, that wouldn't have happened with some of the players. I won't name names, but that wouldn't have happened with some of the players of the past, would it? So, yeah, you're quite right. We noticed we are a worry. I mean, Man United couldn't beat us, could they? OK, they've had a couple of wins recently when it didn't really matter. But they couldn't beat us. That Those two games a couple of seasons ago when we beat them in the quarterfinal and we beat them in the league within a fortnight, what atmospheres they were then. You know, fantastic nights. Fantastic nights. That must give you so much pride in and around Manchester to be so proud of these of these players and seeing what they seeing what they do and particularly when we beat Man City and, and Man United as you said that it must be really spectacular. The City game at the Etihad when Trey already scored those two goals up at our end. I mean, I remember your commentary because I listened to it back, Mikey. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, Trey already's through. You think, oh, he's going to miss this. He's going to fall over. He's going to put it wide. Bang, 1-0. And, but when we got, and you still think we're going to lose, don't you? Even though there's a few minutes to go, you still think we're going to lose. But then he got the second. It is there, it is there. <laughs> there. But we're playing Man City, not Mansfield. But but when he got the second, oh my, and just looking to the right, and all the City fans pouring out, streaming out the ground, and us left there on those three tiers. I'll never forget that. Never forget that. And walking out the game, listening to the Man City fans, obviously they don't know where we are. We're walking back to our car where we... We part, you know, he's good, isn't he, that Traore? How good's that Raul Jimenez? 
you know, Jota, what a player is, you know, and, you know, people don't say that about my team. <laughs> Not in Manchester anyway, but they do now. But they do now. So you're very proud. Yeah, very, very proud. And it is such a strong team that we've got. And uh, we're, it's so exciting to see what they can continue to achieve as well at Wolves and in, in the Premier League. And hopefully even more successes this season, um, particularly in front of the fans after such a long wait of not being able to see it in person. It'll be amazing to put on a show for us and entertain us um, this year. But thank you so much, Tony. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you and um, hear about your, your stories uh, from Manchester Wolves. So thank you so much for taking the time to join us particularly no while you're away in, in Wales having a, having a beautiful time in the countryside. So thank you so much for joining us and hopefully we'll see you at Molyneux for that first home game against, against Spurs. Yeah, it's been great talking to you both as well and I'm highly excited. Lots to come. <laughs> Keep those fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Tony. We'll, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you both. Cheers.